Hello, my name's Fleur Emery. Welcome to the award-winning Real Work podcast. Real Work is my online membership that democratizes business learning for women. We create content and community that will improve your confidence, knowledge and network by around 50% in as little as three months. And we know that because we've been measuring the data. The Real Work podcast brings you loose and lively conversations, very lively at times, <laughs> with women who have taken the women's work rule book and ripped it up and sometimes even used it for hamster bedding. We're here to show you what's possible for you in your own career. So have a good listen and enjoy. Now, let's find out who's coming up on today's episode. Hello, this week on the podcast, we welcome Eliza Flanagan, co-founder of the Soap in a Can company, Can Can. We will be talking about her her journey to get to this business via um, being a restaurateur in Hackney. We will be talking about um, the Queen's boobs. And is that treasonous to, to talk about her Maybe. Do you think? Well, she's. Do you think um, we're going to knock on the door? Nobody can deny she's got boobs. Fair enough. <laughs> um, we're talking about <laughs> the Queen's boobs and um, permaculture and the future of the world. That's pretty much it, really, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, good. Enjoy it. Yes. Welcome to the Real Work Podcast, Eliza. As you can Thank tell, you. We're, ex- we're an extremely <laughs> professional, slick setup. We've had a few little technical problems today, and so Mary can't join us, which is a which is a shame. Is this the first project you've worked on with Mary? Yeah, this is our first first biz. Were you friends together before? Like, yeah. how did you know each other? How did you meet? Um, so her husband sells beer to Lardo, which is my first biz. Um, and so I met him first and then we kept bumping into each other all the time in Soho and various things. And he was like, oh, you, we should have a, um, a double date with my wife, Mary. And then, um, so we did. Because Mary comes from retail. You're, you're a restaurateur, but Mary was a retailer and she works making the Queen's bras. Didn't yeah, I didn't you? know that it was the royal. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yes. Do you know that? Do you know this, um, this um, bra people called Rigby and Pella, Buckers? No. It's next to Harris. It's tiny. And um, it, it's like the royal corseter or something like that. And they've got the royal warrant to make Queen, the Queen's royal bras for the royal boobs. So her, her bras only come from one place. I don't know. I don't know yeah. about that. I'm not sure because I know. I mean, there's a few. There's a few M and S. You think you don't think she ever pops down Boo Avenue for a what's for a what's nice Boo little Avenue? balconette? Boo Avenue, like they <laughs> <laughs> they make nice underwear. The, um, do they yeah. for young people? Maybe not. I probably um my bra purchasing type is probably nearer Her Majesty's. Than yours, because <laughs> as I approach, <laughs> my bras have probably got more in common with her sort of, um, yeah, her de- her sports bras. Maybe do you think she has a sports bra when she goes, she goes riding? riding? She's got to she's got to be supported. Yeah, I think that's her that's her undergarment of choice. I think so. As you can tell, we um, we're very like focused on business here. <laughs> 
our podcast goes so wildly into the long grass. We had to try and like keep them a bit back on track. There was a proper question. I was framing how your dynamic, successful business partnership came together. Mary came from the world of retail via Rigby and Perla and House of Fraser. And you, did you start Lardo? You literally opened up um, the restaurant yourself. Yeah, so I have another business partner, Hugh, who is... Um, the other half of Lardo, but yes, it was the same sort of idea. And I think both of the businesses comes from quite a personal sort of personal need. So I, I'm not one to sort of, you know, investigate or do the research around a sort of an industry or, you know, it comes from a real need of my own. And then I sort of see if there's any other people that sort of have a similar need. And Mary and I met, and were friendly and had kids around the same age. And then we were going, we went camping one um, summer um, and we just were chatting about various businesses, business ideas, sorry. And she had just come back from New Zealand. And the good thing about being from another place is that you kind of bring, you see things in working in other, you know, in the other country you're from or ideas that you have there. And, and you wonder if they can be reappropriated for, a new environment and so she was seeing a lot of these small businesses around wax wraps actually and other sort of um, homespun businesses in New Zealand and thought there must be something in that to sort of bring to the UK and there are people making waxy wraps and that and for another time I, I'll let her explain her um, waxy wrap exploration when um before we went down the road of the care that's another that's episode, another episode. But we did kind of explore different things um and actually we're, we're ultimately sort of drawn to the idea of um looking for uh, a, a solution around packaging that was reappropriating it from somewhere else and so trying to find quick solutions to a problem rather than um and design led, like things that actually you'd like to use that, you know, you'd like to show, you know, show off in your bathroom or, you know, just things that were slightly elevated than what was out there at the time. So that was sort of the original conversation. So if people aren't CanCan customers yet, CanCan is a business that sends in the post um, soap, that liquid soap in aluminium cans which as we all know is infinitely recyclable it's plastic free business and you can put it into glass bottles from can can or you can top it up into your favorite bottles which i do yeah, so you... it's a plastic free way to get hand wash soap blah blah blah. this sort of product which has multi-uses smells great into your home and stop throwing away plastic bottles in the bathroom yeah so our issue was that we know that there are other solutions out there like solids, for example, and a lot of people do say, well, just use a bar of soap. And that's absolutely, totally uh, legitimate statement. But if you're not one to use a bar of soap and you still want to have a more sustainable existence and you don't want to bring plastics into your home, then there really isn't another option. Um, so that's kind of where we were like, we, we tried the bars and it didn't work for us. And we were like, this surely can't just be the only option. And this idea that sustainability had to be something about, which was more retrospective and kind of going back to the roots, just seemed 
very, um, it, I just challenged that idea and surely there could be a modern solution that we could find that sort of pushed us forward that still allowed us to use the products that we like and are really accustomed to using, but just in a different context. Surely just, uh, surely it, it should be easy just to switch out packaging, right? That was the original sort of premise of, of the idea. Um, the cans came later, but Cans is a part that I get excited. I get kind. Of, I get excited about cans. <laughs> the, That's um, why you're our biggest fan. Are you? <laughs> it's just they're just so yeah. I'm really, really trying to cut down our plastic as a household. We're um, composting at the moment. We just started composting this year. Um, we have the comp. Or how can I say the compost bin is fairly full now of matter. Sure. Oh. Whether it could be described as compost or kind of anaerobic primordial ooze oh. that is kind of to be discussed, it smells like something from beyond the grave. Oh. You know, on the um, compost adverts, when they put their hand in and they say, you know, that's black gold, that yeah. is, you know, and it's that lovely, fluffy. We haven't, we haven't achieved no. that yet. No. But uh, there's something happening in a sort of big cauldron at this end of the garden. <laughs> so we're composting and uh, we're using our refill shops. We've got a refill supermarket in Portsmouth. Yay! Which we absolutely love. I don't, don't you think we're like, sometimes, especially like with the news um, recently about how far um, the climate crisis has progressed, sometimes it can feel like it's kind of, it's too late or... Um, you know, it's all too small. You know, the stuff about, well, 70% of the of climate change is caused by oil companies, blah, blah. For me, I changed my focus with businesses like CanCan. I changed my focus on just to what behavior I'm modeling to my kid, what I'm showing her. So going to the pump shop, that's normal. Like the refills, her doing the refills, like choosing what cornflakes she wants and then pulling the thing and filling them up. And then her, she does the decanting of the can-can stuff and like sniffs them and she pours them in and then she washes them out in her bath and takes the stickers off and puts them in the recycler. So it's a lovely product because it actually works through that system. So, so some products you get to your stage, but then you try and take the labels off, but the glue that they've used is too strong and you can't, actually get the labels off so you chuck them in the recycler kind of half knowing they probably won't get recycled they'll get burned off so it's fine but, but yeah they, yeah um i think it's um so do you, I, so my children are really obsessed with making the peanut butter poo have you do do you have one of those machines in your refill shop where you just push in the peanut butter the peanuts at the top of this little machine and then you press a button that comes out like peanut butter poo <laughs> I think there might be, but I haven't used that. But now I definitely think I will. Kids, it sounds like eat. the ice cream machine at Pizza Hut. Yeah, my kids will eat peanut butter just so they can go back to the peanut butter shop and make the peanut butter poo. That's the that's the number one. They're not interested. That's a win. They're not interested in can can. That's a win, right? For. That, that's that's whatever the the peanut butter poo and the almond poo. We have all the poos now because they are <laughs> wanting to try all the machines. There's cashew, almond, peanut butter. Yeah, I've never eaten so much butter in my life because I'm just, I just love, I just love that machines. <laughs> there, it is something about the, the act of doing, yeah, the, the process. process, which I think people can really get behind. You know that. As well, it takes ages. It's a whole outing <laughs> when you go there. It takes ages, which is kind of right. You know, it's sort of, 
it's not training them for food just to be perfect now here there's there's something about that that i like as well about the process yeah, of it just going back a step you and mary are both from new zealand no i'm australian but she, yeah you're yeah. you're australian she's from new zealand and so you met in yeah. london and um when you were when you were looking at your business lardo that's a business would that work in other countries well, do you I think because think... lardo is a restaurant that's very beautiful and very well supported by the local community in Hackney. Yeah. Do you think it was just a time and a place for Lardo? I think there's a lot of Australia that's in Lardo because my business partner is also Australian. And I think there was, uh, we both saw a need for um, a casual eatery, a very Australian style eatery in Hackney that at the time there wasn't, that just didn't exist. So there were the Vietnamese strip on Hackney Road and not sorry, Hackney Road, on um, Cambridge Heath Road, and no, yes. I've been away for 18 months and I've forgotten all the streets. It's crazy. Um, where Hackney um, Town Hall's on, and it goes from um, yes. Bethnal Green to Hackney Central. But, yes, yeah, so along there you'd have the Vietnamese shops and you obviously had your pubs. But besides that, there wasn't a lot of other options um, uh, beginning of sort of we opened around the Olympics. But I'd had the idea for a couple of years beforehand. And, yeah, I just kept waiting for someone else to do it, really. <laughs> sort of going, oh, someone will do it soon. Yeah, someone will do it soon. Because as, as this was going, like, the neighbourhood was gentrifying and people were settling and having kids. And there was a real need for people spending more time in their neighbourhood and not sort of heading to Shoreditch or other sort of locations to go and eat. But this, no one was doing it. Eventually, I was like, oh, fucking this. I'll do it. And that's really how Lardo began. And a little bit was the case with CanCan in a, in a way too, because it was like, surely there's something out there. And I just wanted to use that thing that someone else had done. I didn't necessarily want to do a business in this space. It was just, surely someone's thought about this already and it offered a sort of a premium plastic-free solution that I could use that wasn't a solid bar or whatever. And there just wasn't anything like that. I think one of the products that people a step back would have been using is those um, Dr. Bronner's liquid soap, the big litre bottles from Whole Foods and stuff. They've been going around for ages, yeah. haven't they? That yeah. brand, it's an old, it's an American yeah. brand. And um, so buying a larger yeah. amount to have less yeah. packaging. It's still plastic. Certainly not sure. in a can. Yeah. Yes. The... Um, and your projects have more in common than they seem to. Like Lardo has more in common than you would think, even even though the business model is different. Because it's your your eye is you know your aesthetic. The, the design is really important to you. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone likes to be using or being in places that look good and they make you feel good, right? There's a real. I, I don't think it's a superfluous part of things I think it's critical actually um, I think we are all um, looking for beauty in things all the time and I think that's what makes restaurants really work sometimes and others might have great food but the vibe in there doesn't quite work and you know you, you do some places it doesn't really matter and you just sort of put your blinkers on because the food's that that great and there are places like that out there but a lot of places 
um, survive on the on the on the feel good factor, and the food might not even be that great, but being in there feels good. And I think there's really it's often the thing I think people talk about food and drink in restaurants a lot, but I actually think the vibe of being in a restaurant is just as important, if not more important, because you just it's your an extension of your home you want to feel comfortable the more comfortable you are the more time you'll want to spend there the more money you'll want to spend there sort of all part of the whole experience and that philosophy yeah you've applied that same philosophy to can can it's well thought through isn't yeah, it i think it needs yeah it needs to look good and you need you, you know people are quite um i don't know do you do shelf do you do shelfies Fleur? Do you have do you have a nice shelf in your no. bathroom with all your pretty products <laughs> lined up nicely? I've, I'm I'm a minimalist, so I only have got about two or three. I've got a load of natural sponges. I've got a natural sponge collection. I've got some um, Aesop bottles with can can inside it, and that's fine. They don't mind. They've got all the money. It's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. That's it. I've Maybe we've got a face wash and a tube of Marvis toothpaste. I'm that bad. Also, also I've been, um, yeah, not, I'm always very tempted to indulge in that social media thing of showing what's in my home. Like I do have that tendency, but I try and keep that tendency down because I feel like in terms of the work I'm doing, um, working with real work and, you know, trying to create value for women to work on there. We have a very diverse community who connects with real work. And I feel that as soon as I start placing myself in the kind of Aesop minimalist bathroom, you know, rusty metal shelves, as soon as I place myself in that position, I feel like it distances some of my audience, which I don't want to do. So, because there's a lot of privilege tied up in it as well. Even the fact that we live just down the road from the sea or on the beach every day and things like that. I sort of try, I try not to, yeah, make my environment too much part of my story yeah. because I, 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 I do, I'm not convinced that it brings people closer in terms of social media. I sometimes think that it turns people into um yeah that it puts distance in between but yeah i do, yeah of course i love a yeah. shelfie i do uh, <laughs> i do like to rummage around and if um if someone whose style i like you know posts one i definitely screenshot it and zoom in i'm like what's that korean face wash that you do? <laughs> I'm, I'm into all of that kind of stuff can can one of the things that i really like about it is the the packaging solutions which are very much repurposed in our house you know the what's it called the springy oh, flexi hex thing that that can go the flexi hex how did you even find out about that stuff my kid turns it into god it's turned into all kinds of fancy dress costumes what is it? outfit what um, is flexi hex? it's a, it's a hexagon sort of um a paper product that sort of is quite firm cardboard probably about two centimeters wide i think it can change and as you open it it sort of protects the whatever you put inside it so it was intentionally designed for surfboards actually they're a cornish um, company twin brothers that set it up and they just hated using styrofoam to package and um, mm. ship boards they're big surfers and then um, obviously there was a solution around booze because that's a big issue because a lot of styrofoam is used for shipping wine and spirits 
and it's a very aesthetically pleasing product, but it also is very functional and, and works. And Flo, you'd be pleased to know you can compost it. Oh, I can put it in the, the um, face lights up. In the, I can put it in the, the primordial sludge, open the lid, and then the black gloop. Whoa, it might whoa, soak whoa, it up a bit. Hand might reach up <laughs> yeah. and grab it. Yeah. There's lots of eggs around it. There's loads of kind of tiny little white eggs. I don't know what they're going to hatch into yet. Shouldn't there shouldn't be eggs in compost? Like Maybe that. you could use that as face cream. Pop that on your shelfie. <laughs> <sighs> You could decant it into a nice jar. I think it would burn my face off. I've got some... <laughs> on Instagram, there's an account I follow called 59 Degrees. It's amazing. A Swedish account, a guy who is um, an expert on soil and rehabbing um, forestry and natural environments through changing the balance of soil. And I'm going to... Um, I'm going to hit him up i'm going to send him a photograph of my compost and say come on save me help me out do you know that account? No, but i'm literally Love googling it. it as you do this because it's... 59 degrees <laughs> joseph he's um he's, he's really interesting because talking about um can can and the project and how beautiful it is what i really find moving sort of moving real work forward is that actually a lot of the businesses that really inspire me and nothing to do with my category or this, you know, the marketplace I operate in. I can sort of draw inspiration from all kinds of people doing all kinds of different things. Can can I find really inspiring, except that you make your own soap. No, we don't. Okay, phew. From one of the photographs when I was doing a bit of research this week, I thought, oh my God, are they actually, are they actually, did they buy that soap thing? Did they buy that thing? By investing in equipment is one of the things that just keeps me up at night. And I suddenly thought, oh, my God, has Eliza just invested in this enormous no. amount of equipment? So, okay, great. No. You don't make your own <laughs> Then 59 degrees. Um, 59 degrees is, um, yeah, you'll love it. Have a look. Sorry. It's, just, it's just, you know, they're just doing it right. They're just doing it right. Who is, who's inspiring you? Who do you look for on Instagram and just think, wow. Well, I'm really into permaculture and syntropic farming have you heard have you heard Perfect. of centropic farming this no. is my new thing that i i spent a lot of hours watching youtube is that what's happening in the tub out there? <laughs> no no it's centropic. not um <laughs> i don't know what's going on in your tub there isn't a name for that <laughs> nothing good <laughs> centropic farming is um something that's been set up by i think he's originally he's either a swiss or german i'm not sure which i think german and now he lives in brazil Basically, it's a little bit like forest farming where they um, they sort of mimic the rainforest and basically it's very tightly um, packed, very diverse collection of plants to help mimic a forest. And what you have is like helper plants and then you actually have this, what they call the food forest that you can harvest from. And they, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a, a branch of permaculture, and so they are doing these incredible things in Brazil. Basically, they have applied this idea to any um, overworked farmland or waste, what they consider wasted land, which has sort of lost any of its nutrients and is sort of overworked and sort of dead, and there's not a lot of life to it. And they are building back life through this 
connected through this way of growing and it's fascinating please have a look i'll send you some links sounds right and we'll put it on the show notes it sounds right up our alley that's really fascinating and it's incredible how much life they can bring to this land so quickly because by the combination of different plant it's species. about the combination of this plant species. You can do it in any climate, so it's not specifically Australian or, um, you know, temperate climates. You can apply it. You just change the plant mix. But the idea is, is that you have these helper plants which sort of create or mimic this idea of a forest and help sort of um, – and you do a lot of – and the other good thing about it is that they make they, – they encourage you to – um, prune the forest as you, it grows, so four times a year rather than like once a year, and that in itself is a way of sort of helping the um, micronutrients in the soil talk and sort of boost. It. So it's it's wild, and then yeah, pruning aggressive pruning. pruning. I'm a very aggressive pruner. Yeah, and I'm I'm, an I'm absolute into it, and I all I want to do is with the secateurs. All I want to do now is have a little plot of land and um, get my syntropic farming you know, juices going and, yeah, I don't know, I just have a go. It just looks so exciting. And will that be in the UK, Eliza? Yeah. Will that be in the UK? Because Can Can is based in the UK. Yeah, it is, yeah. Even though you travel back and forth. It's, um... Well, we've just been hiding out from COVID, but yes. <laughs> Fair enough. It's been, this has been a peculiar one. The um, And what, you and Mary, who does what? How did you decide... Who does what? Um, well, we've been doing it all together up to this point, but there is definitely a, um, a division. Like the, the thing that Mary is exceptional at, and that is marketing. So she has a real um, knack for for marketing and for storytelling and for collaborations and really seeing how we can sort of forge a path. So I think that really is her skill set and she'll – you recently collaborated with um, L. Is it L. F. Yeah. Markey? I always get the yeah, initials right. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L. F. Markey. And um, yeah, and it's that is a is a great idea because as a brand, they're a great fit. But I wouldn't have thought of it because it was fashion. Yeah, yeah. and that was a fab, that was our fabulous um, collab recently. I think the thing for us is that we're realizing is that collaborations are absolutely key for us. Going forward, we are predominantly refills in cans. And I think by sort of finding good collaborations that help us celebrate and add value to the bottle kind of always sort of allows us to show the design-led or the aesthetic because everyone's got a very different aesthetic as well, right? So you have this sort of ability to offer different ways of, of using the soap and also sort of celebrating this sort of craftsmanship in the bottles themselves or in um, say we work with a ceramic art a ceramics artist and they just do a very short run of 10 bottles for example that would be a beautiful collab with us because that would be showing and celebrating craftsmanship and this idea of a forever bottle and things that you buy that are beautiful and have a beautiful aesthetic but are keepers rather than this idea that, you know, I mean, who, who, when did plastics become luxurious? I don't know when that happened, but it has been for a long time this idea that these, you know, single-use bottles we pay high product or we pay a lot for and actually all we're doing is squeegeeing out soap from them but if we kind of look at what the what value is in beauty and 
sort of celebrating that a little bit in different ways. I think that's really a good direction for us going forward. And then, of course, we'll always have our bottles that we um, sell alongside it and maybe we'll look at changing that or offering different solutions in the future as well. But, yeah, I think that's a nice way to it also makes it a project that's more meaningful for you to do if they're your values if you're not just a soap company it's about you know how you know what you're bringing to people's lives and about the art of living the art of living that's beautiful Flora. i'll take that off you and apply that to my website tomorrow (laughs) i've trademarked it no i haven't really um but um yeah it's kind it is it's what we think about in real work like in real work it's not just a it's not, there's a load of business courses if you want to learn about VAT, you know, that you can do an online course, but it's not, you know, you can get that off .gov, .uk. It's not just about that. It's like the right business for the right person and and fitting in with the way we live now and just trying to make incremental choices. And beauty is a part of yep. it. You know, I've been reading some spiritual books lately as um, Buckers is ready to drop off every time I go deep into the spiritualism. Here comes Eckhart Tolle. (laughs) Tolle. He's German. Tolle. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, (laughs) Me and him are like that now. I'm not going to be happy until he emails me personally. (laughs) Um, But about talking about um, the beauty of nature and noticing and being aware and being able to appreciate um, things in in the world like um, appreciating and be gr- and being grateful for beauty and there's that that there is it, it does have meaning and it is good for us you know physiologically you can measure that it's good for us to live in a beautiful environment with natural materials that so it's a it's a good thing of course it is a luxury but um, you know that's a whole other that's a whole other area what you know making making that normal and you're making making a great start would you um do you one of the things we've been doing is this b core thing we're just um doing we're embarking on that journey and it's taken us into quite a nice community of other people who have got aligned values who are sort of trying to you know doing doing the same thing and you know we're making mistakes and we can sort of ask other people have you got other businesses who you feel you know are on the same path as you, who you commune with? Um, yeah, I mean, there are so many more out there now than um, there were even a year ago. It's amazing how quickly there has been a real um, a push towards being B Corp and having purpose in your in your business and making sure that you are contributing to more than just the bottom line, and that's really excellent and I think there's only going to be that will become the norm without doubt without a doubt because we don't have any opportunity to faff around the edges now but um we speak to the guys at Dame um you know infrequently but regularly and they are awesome and we have always admired them since before we you know before CanCan was you know just an idea or even even not even an idea we just think their design aesthetic again is bang on and they have um, transformed this idea of, well, they've just basically shown waste in a very specific point in, in, a, in, this, in the daily life of women 
that no one really considered until they did. And it was like, oh, wow, yeah, of course, that's crazy. Why on earth would that be disposable? And also, um, sanitary products weren't just disposable. They were kind of slightly just embarrassing. They were yeah, just and something to be hidden and just, to be shamed yeah. around and all of that stuff is crazy. So, to be yeah. not to be thought about as little as possible. Yeah. Something that you just, you know, like sticking plasters or something, something that we all know occasionally you have to use, but you just want the most the little, most little contact as possible. Correct. And they've made it something, yeah, that is natural and um, design led. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they designed it and it made it it made it really sexy. <laughs> like you know which is great and also took around took away all this pink and red and you know and just gave it a color that was green and lush and you know just yeah brilliant I mean it's so simple when you see yeah, it really done, inspiring but actually just yeah really clever um yeah there's lots of people like that I mean there are just so many great new businesses and not even that new um that are coming on Board. We've spoken to the guys at Wild Deodorant um, and the Fussy Deodorant people. We've done lots of competitions with um, a lot of these brands and there's a lot of aligned values which they tend to go really well in a kind of a competition sort of, um, sort of marketing exercise. But it's also really nice to get to know these people and they're generally about, you know, kind of just like us, you know, really wanted to make an impact, you know, could see that there was a lot of room for something really um, well-designed to fit into a space that, you know, had been sort of not considered in this way before. And It's lovely to hear it because where I come from in the food industry at the beginning, you know, if we could go back in time and, and, and I could hear us talking about this, I wouldn't believe it. It was so competitive and it was just, you know, there were so few small brands and just against these enormous institutions and no information would leak out. You know, no one would answer your calls or help you or give you any direction if you said, should I go that way or that way? You know, no one would speak mm. to you. The sense of community in all of this feels great to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there is... Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the different, if food is different or... That... I mean, I think it's the timing. I think it's then and now. The food industry is not like that now. Mm. You know, there's th you know, masses of thriving independent brands who are all, you know, like the alt soda. I always bang on about the alternative soda scene. Mm. And, you know, ganging together, it's sort of with the idea of it's us versus Coke. Let's just get Coca-Cola off the shelves. And whether it's my product on the shelf or yours, I don't mind. Let's mm. just do it together. Mm. That's, you know, I've really seen that in action, you know, led up by Dalston and Ugly and those sort of ones. And then lots of other smaller brands underneath, which I really like food. I really like the FUD. I really like, and, um, trip. I really like, yeah, I'm really, I'm into those kind of things, but that whole, yeah, that is, there's a just in my business lifetime over 15 years that evolution is remarkable speaking of evolution you have worked really hard on this project and you've been hitting all your targets and now you're on the verge of growing you're going to do a raise yeah we are um, looking for partners at the moment yeah we are fundraising as we speak which in itself has been quite an interesting 
um, journey and much longer than we had anticipated. But yeah, we, um, we've got so many big plans coming up and we just need um, some support and um, to get us there. And I think that sort of one of our, the sort of style of our business is a little bit like that. It's sort of, you can sort of, you know, be the scale that we are now, which is fine. Um, but we really want to make a big impact um, because the great thing about our model, so we plant a tree with every can sold. And so we need to kind of, to make really good, big impact, we need to to grow and scale up. So that's our, that's our ambition. So if anyone's listening <laughs> and they love Can Can, get in touch. Get in touch and have a look. The... The, the great part is that you've done it under your own steam to this point. And apart from having a lovely engaged community through your newsletters, which I really enjoy, you're right, May does a cracking job of those. Product, in terms of, you know, product market fit, you've really like got your head in it and got the product right. So well done for hanging on to this point and like answering those questions for yourself before you grow. It feels like a great time to do that. Yeah, it's been a good opportunity for us to really do some tweaking ourselves, absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing of doing what we see as like an MVP business of like just getting that immediate feedback from customers and testing various sorts of propositions and really, really getting really close to the product and understanding what's working and what's not. And I feel like we're really clear on that now and we do have a loyal customer base and we want to grow that and reach out to more people and also offer more products so we're currently only still on the three products that we launched with and we want to do you know at least around about 10 i think in the next 18 months so really do you know what they're going to be broader, i'm asking as a customer <laughs> hair care is part of it Right. So, um, and other products that we haven't been able to do up to this point, like ones with more viscosity, so moisturizers, conditioners, those sorts of things. Oh, because you um, had um, because of the lid. Yeah, we just needed to develop our own product that would be able to work within the constraints of of us uh, as as our businesses and the product and the packaging. But yeah, it's um, and we're switching manufacturers as well. So we found an amazing manufacturer that's really aligned with our values they're a totally carbon off-grid manufacturing plant and they really truly live and breathe sustainability um and he is a huge like he sort of we sort of see the benefits of us joining forces and it's a real it's a really beautiful partnership already great just getting started so that's really exciting too and um any dog shampoo well, people have asked for it. Yes, because um, at one end of my bathroom, there's the human end and then there's the dog end and the Aesop sure. dog one now gets yeah. um, topped up with Can-Can. Oh, he gets Can-Can too. All dogs, yeah. Gets All can-can. dogs. You know, I've, I've had quite a few questions. Someone's, um, a few people have emailed me saying, is this suitable for dogs? It is. <laughs> Which, you know, the beginning, <laughs> the beginning of this, I would never would have thought that that would be the case. It's because it's lemony. So it cuts through the um, the canine hum of whatever <laughs> your furry friend has been rolling in. 
Mm, beautiful. It is. It's nice. I'll try it on my dog. My dog only gets the, the bog standard. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> Do you know what it's known as? The the shampoo that comes out of that bottle in our house? Dog Dishner. That's where the dog <laughs> Dishner goes. So, um, yeah, that can be your next product line is Why By Me. And um, before we go, any more collabs in the pipeline? There are. Again, there are asking collabs. for a friend. Any clues? Um, something around ceramics. Hmm. I think there should be a real work hand-can collaboration. Sure. How big do we have to get before we can make that happen? 2022, no, let's do it. Sure. Yeah, we're all in. We're all in. Yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Claire. And Thanks, um, let's look forward to having you're some welcome. Algerian tapas or something exciting next um, in September in. when you're back. Great. Cannot wait. Thank you I so know. much. IRL. IRL meetups are just Buckers, you've been doing some. Buckers has been you've you've been out like oh, a heat wave. All day every day. Yeah. Socializing, there's no tomorrow. Cocktails yeah, have been involved. Like a rash. Oh, Buckers went to it. Ireland and uh, went yeah. went to the local pub in sequence. Absolutely. Oh. Three nights in a row. Rude not to. Three different sequined <laughs> outfits, I might add. I don't own any sequins. Is that wrong? I feel like yeah. I'm just... Yeah, oh, rosebloom.com. <laughs> Eliza. Hurts me. Sequins every day. If I had my way. I just give my dog bog standard shampoo, which I should not be saying on air. And also, no. being the fact that you are sharing the can-can with yours, does that mean I love my dog less? You need to upgrade. And I, and I have no a, two, a two-pronged upgrade. That's easy to fix. Well, uh, we can sort that out. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to what you do next with this business. And I just, yeah, I'm a fan. Well, so thanks for the support, for Flo. You're a massive fan. And I've, I, we've, we've, we are so appreciative of your ongoing support. So thank you so much. And Buckers will send you a can. Oh, how exciting. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of the Real Work Podcast. Thank you for being with us. This is the part where we remind you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And Buckers will probably tell me off if I don't ask you to please rate and review on Apple Podcasts because apparently when you do that, our content reaches more listeners. If you're curious about Real Work, the online membership Improving Women's Confidence Knowledge and Network, head to our website, doreal.work, and sign up for our super newsletter, The Real Worker. All the details that you need to connect with us in any way, you'll find in the show notes. Well, that was a super podcast. I'm, it's so nice to be back um, back in the studio recording again after a break and after a very special break because um, I am now an award-winning podcast, the International Women's Podcasting Awards for Entrepreneurial Inspiration. I'm glad it was that one that I won. No. I'm, I'm an Entrepreneurial Inspirer. Do you think you I should are. get a badge made up? Definitely, and a certificate and everything. I hope it's on your LinkedIn. Actually, I don't. I think I need to upload it to my LinkedIn. You do, and also my profile on my, um, you know, my signature on my emails. Yeah, award-winning award podcaster. So good. Congratulations. So Thank you. It's just a very, very exciting. It's a very exciting thing, and um, yeah, the event event looked amazing. Yeah, it was. Oh, do you know what, Flo? It was such a shame that you weren't able to come because it was probably one of the best awards dues I've ever been to. It was 
Really? So good. Yeah. The just oh, the atmosphere flirt was so it was electric. It was just full of all of these amazing, inspiring female podcasters. It was just such was... a joy to be involved with. Did you meet new people and everything? Oh, it was it was networking central, but in like a really not in like a you know, annoying way. It was just, it all happened very organically. I met this really cool comedian. They had an amazing poet there. Oh, it was just, it was, it was great. And so much Prosecco. I wore like a really jazzy outfit. It was so much fun. It was such a shame that you couldn't be there. Yeah. That, um... Didn't you have, you had a hotel, you had a hotel booked as well, didn't you? Like a really snazzy one yeah i did i lost my money on the booking yeah oh, and my so kid was ill so that's what happens you know when your kid's ill you just have to you know be the better person and you and, booked um, your train ticket and everything as well yeah i lost some money on that as well you haven't you bought a special you bought a dress especially for the occasion didn't you listen i'm glad you felt great in your outfit and it was really nice of you to step in and you know go up and accept the award on my oh, behalf yeah. That was on my behalf. Thing. Totally wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that was amazing. Well, eh? When they announced that you'd won, everyone was obviously really excited. And then they just pushed me onto the stage. And there I was just they pushed like, you. collecting they pushed an you award. Because yeah. I did make a video in advance. I did make an acceptance speech, which I pre-recorded. Yeah, for But some they didn't reason. play that. Yeah, the message, you got pushed onto the stage, did you? The message didn't get through that you weren't going to make it. So that's real. It's a real shame. But yeah, it's, do you know what was really funny? It's almost like they sort of thought I was you when I was collecting it. I think they probably thought that I was actually you. It's so funny. Bizarre. That's, mm, I'm glad you had a good time. We got a great goodie bag. I've got a candle for you. A candle? And, um, yeah, candle and um, <sighs> some little vouchers for things and one a microphone um, and a, the really nice trophy that I collected. I'll have to get that down to you at some point. I'm not quite sure when I'll be able to do that, but um, it's really lovely. Keep it. If you want to make a podcast that your audience will adore, but the thought of making it yourself terrifies you to the core, then you know who to call. Producer Buckers, she knows just what to do. Producer Buckers, to make your podcast dreams come true. She used to work in radio where she was morning radio, a dab hand at audio. Find Producer Buckers on Instagram at decibel underscore creative or click the link in the show notes. Come on, everyone. Producer, Producer Buckers, if you want to hire the best. Producer Buckers, just put it to the test. Producer Buckers. Just press record and she does the rest. Producer Parker.